Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games. I'm Andrew, and I'm Kelly. You you missed. I know I so missed that was the part that was where close. you said Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. Yeah, but it was good. You know, just, that's going in. I just didn't want to steal your thunder that hard. I didn't want to plagiarize you. No, it's okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And this is this is real this time. It's actually starting. Sorry if you got a little confused there at the start. I know we sound very similar. Yeah. So when it started, you probably were like, well, uh, is that a different person? Is Andrew? Has Andrew been replaced? <laughs> Did Andrew get canceled and then they replaced him but kept the name Andrew? Wow. That would be really interesting if all of that happened in the span of a week. Yeah. Well, we took a week off, so a lot that could have been why we took a week off. <gasps> Kelly wasn't sick. Andrew. I mean me. I mean Andrew. Well, how would I refer? Andrew has been replaced. I'm the new Andrew. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am the superior Andrew. I yes. am uncancelable. Yes. Andrew did nothing wrong, just to be clear. We just needed a refresher. We just needed something new. And exciting. So we got a new Andrew. That's me. I'm the new Andrew. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. My name's Andrew. Hi, I'm... Andrew. Hi. Are you? And you're Kelly, right? I'm the same old Kelly with a little bit of blockage in my upper sinuses. Yeah. It's uh, almost like that's why we took off a week, because you were horribly ill. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm doing great, everybody. Um, I had some yogurt today and <laughs> some lo mein. So. <gasps> Ooh. Really? Did you have the plague? I no, I okay. didn't. Um, I did not. I still have not, uh, which which is very mysterious, uh, considering perhaps it's almost embarrassing at this point to not have gotten it. But that's okay. Um, I, I haven't gotten it either. Maybe the podcast keeps us safe. That's true. Or maybe we just like don't go out or talk to anybody. Ever. We're, we're gamers. <laughs> <laughs> we're like recluses. And <laughs> Can we get a statistic of how many people have had COVID versus how many gamers have had COVID? <laughs> Is that something we can, like, some data we can collect feasibly? I, I'm i not sure. What constitutes a gamer? Anyone who listens to Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew? Yeah, let's ask every... If you listen to the show, please message us and tell us, tell us if you've had COVID. It's, it's for an important... Uh, it's for an important data collection... That will really help us get a robust picture of the state of the nation. For the yeah, I'm sure that t- Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew's audience is very specifically representative of the population of this country. I believe so. I'm taking this to the top, to the White House. To the White House? Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew and Joe. And Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> okay, Do you sorry. think he played it? Do you think he plays video games? He maybe plays, he probably played Pong. Um, when he was like 59 when he was and it came years out. Old. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I don't know. Probably not. Well, we he, he we just blew that potential sponsorship, making fun of him. Sorry, Mr. Mr. President. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the Biden administration. 
Get down, Mr. President. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, Kelly, it's been a couple of weeks. Did anything happen while we were off? Any news? Yeah, the craziest, kookiest thing happened. Remember that movie that everybody was kind of talking about with a certain Christopher Pratt? A certain Chris uh, Pratt? Yeah, Chris Son. Um, Chris <laughs> Well, it was announced in a tweet from Nintendo of America. And this is how the tweet began. It said, <laughs> this is Miyamoto. Okay. Thanks, Miyamoto. Okay. Here, am I, here, here I'm, I will directly quote the tweet for you. This is Miyamoto. Period. After consulting with Chris San, San <laughs> my partner at Illumination on the Super Mario Brothers film, we decided to move the global release to spring 2023, April 28th in Japan and April 7th in North America. My deepest apologies, but I promise it will be well worth the wait. And that was the end of the tweet. I will never, ever, ever forget looking at my Twitter and seeing pure text from Nintendo, which is usually concerning. Because <laughs> if they if, if you see just text with no media, it's usually some b- really bad news. Yeah. And I just the first three words, this is Miyamoto. I will never get over that. I'm <laughs> like, not disappointed, but like, oh, well, the Mario movie got canceled or sorry, delayed. Oh, well. I don't care, though, because this tweet was so good that it's worth the delay. It was really good. I thought it was very funny to consider, even though this is not the case, but I thought it was funny to consider that he didn't consult with Chris San, like the guy who works at Illumination, but he consulted with Chris Pratt. I really hope it's Chris Pratt. Who was like, we need to push this movie back, Miyamoto-san. I can't, there's too much pressure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too much pressure he's just been he's been through a lot right now um with jurassic park and you know mario is just really tough for him he really has to like he needs to like be the character he needs to do method acting so he needs to like study the character he needs to go to italy he needs to be a plumber he really needs to ingratiate himself with the essence of mario yeah. And then, only then, will the movie be ready for public And he's going to do that in four months. Yes. Exactly. You can get a lot done in four months. That's 30, not real. 60, 90, this 100. Not real. Yeah. This movie's not real. I'm really it's excited. It's definitely not real this- at this juncture. The, I'm really excited for every few months seeing that this is Miyamoto tweet. While they delay it even more. I want him to deliver that news in like, like, I want him to deliver news that is completely unrelated to anything Nintendo in that way. (laughs) This is Miyamoto. The stock market is plummeting. The housing bubble, the housing market has crashed. The bubble has popped. Um, And also it is 74 degrees out, mostly sunny. This is Miyamoto. Go ahead. No. (laughs) No. You first. No. It, that was it. <laughs> this is Miyamoto. I had a really nice bowl of ramen for lunch today. <laughs> it was delicious. I highly recommend it. This Thank is Miyamoto. I watched the movie Mean Girls for the very first time yesterday, <laughs> last night, and that made me laugh so much, and I think everybody should watch it. 
Thank you, everybody. And the best part is he's he's using the Nintendo of America Twitter account for this. <laughs> Every time he has thoughts, he like gets the username and password and logs in. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, well, maybe some news he'll be tweeting about. This is Miyamoto. Embracer Group has acquired Crystal Dynamics, Eidos, and Square Enix Montreal, along with the associated IPs such as Tomb Raider and Deus Ex for $300 million directly from Square Enix. So just to be clear, this does not mean that they have been acquired. Square Enix has not been acquired. They simply sold off their Western studios uh, for $300 million, which is a number that seemed supremely low to me because that's three really big studios. And also, like, Tomb Raider and Deus Ex are gigantic, it makes me wonder maybe like there were some serious debts that they were also kind of getting because every time a new Square Enix game came out in the West, like Guardians of the Galaxy or like the new Tomb Raiders, they're always like, oh, these games were massive disappointments, even though they sell several million copies. So maybe that was so poorly managed that like they also bought the debt. They got the debt along with the properties. I don't know. This was weird news. I've never heard of a partial acquisition like this. Yeah, it is very peculiar. I was curious about the Embracer group because I've never heard of such a thing. Um, but it's very, very interesting. Yeah. They own a lot of franchises. And they're like in 10 different groups. Um, THQ Nordic, Gearbox, Dark Horse, but the one that really stuck out to me was Coke Media. Like the Coke Brothers. C-K-O-C-H. I thought that was interesting. Um, so this whole... I agree with you. This news, this news is very strange. It's definitely not like anything I've heard before. Oh, wait, this is a totally different, wait. Oh, yes, it... this is very confusing. This Coke Media Company... Where are you lost? ...is a German-Austrian media company founded by... Unrelated? F unrelated? But is that related or unrelated to Coke? Like the It's really hard Coke for me brothers. to tell. There's, <laughs> I honestly can't tell. There's so many different people with the last name Coke. It's like... And none of them are Ocola. Sorry, That's that true. wasn't. That was or funny. or uh, a cane, a cane, cocaine. Oh, oh, cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what you're saying. You're like, okay. This is so. St I f my brain has melted through my ears, so I apologize. Um, yeah, there's some finished. weirdness about this. There's a couple uh, implications. One being that Square Enix is doing this so that they can really. Go all in on their live service NFT focus, which uh, would be very incredible if true, <clears throat> considering the NFT market is currently in a free fall. Uh, thank goodness for that, because, we, you know, we're big fans of NFTs here at Talking Games. <laughs> um, but the other possibility here, and who's to say if this perhaps is a follow up or directly involved with the story, but there are rumors beginning to circulate that Sony is a planning to acquire 
Square Enix of Japan. This is reported by Forbes, among others. I was really not expecting to hear this news. I feel like the acquisition game kind of slowed down after that huge boom as, like, the fiscal years were, or I guess as the year itself it was coming to an end, you know? Like, the Activision deal was huge, and then the Bungie deal was huge. And I just kind of assumed that we were going to get a, a big break, but I ha this has to be huge. This would be gigantic if it's true. And it also concerns me. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like you were talking about the NFT market being in like a free-for-all right now. This all just sort of feels like what what we were saying. I guess we're not. I'm, uh, this is more about the previous news story. Um, But it's like all these companies really like went all in and now it's like they're they're going to lose a bunch of money. But I do think it's interesting that Sony, that this is like, I guess this is just like the acquisition game now. Who can buy yeah. what? Who can scoop up what? How much money we can bring in? How much money we're going to end up spending? It just feels very insidious to me. Um, but I feel like we talked about this maybe when we were talking about other big acquisitions that Sony's avenues were were tightening to to do an acquisition as big um, as Microsoft did, um, and that Square Enix might be one of them, even though it's not on the same scale, but it's still big. Still big, but yeah, I think I don't remember which of us, but one of us definitely specifically brought that up as like a potential option in our discussions. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think um, where my nerves come from ultimately is when I look at the current PlayStation like release calendar and how poor they are at actually putting games out. And then I look at Square Enix, who like, you know, not a perfect company by any stretch of the imagination, but they put out a lot of like interesting smaller scale projects. Like think about like the 2D HD things like Octopath and Triangle Strategy or like or the weird stuff they had at the end of the state of the last state of play, or even some of like the strange Final Fantasy spinoffs. And part of me is concerned because that really doesn't feel like what PlayStation would regularly do. They're only interested in like top of the line huge games, really. And I don't want Square Enix to become exclusively like a Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and Kingdom Hearts company. I like I love those series. I love those series a whole lot. But the idea of those being the only thing that this rich company makes is like that's concerns me. It disappoints me if it's if it was true, if it was true. Yeah, it's hard to say what this like the potential implications of this could be. But I think your concerns are very, very realistic. And, you know, we see these companies kind of get gobbled up and then there's only so much that they can do for like old IPs or like like you said IPs that aren't Kingdom Hearts or or Final Fantasy you know yeah. these smaller games that do do really well on like the Switch and and PC and maybe aren't as you know maybe aren't as console focused yeah games don't need to be billion dollar products every single one of them it's unrealistic to view them as such right but that really feels like that's what Sony's 
goal is these days. Yeah. Sony Sony has a lot of interesting little fingers and it's in different stews in different pots. Ow. You like that? Burnt fingers. That's right. One time I burnt my hand really bad um, at a job that I was working and I won't say where it was, but I burnt my hand really bad and it was like the space between my thumb and my index finger, like right here in that little uh, apex area. And it hurts so bad and I experienced a lot of pain. So I can only imagine the pain of sticking your finger in a hot pot of stew. And they're doing it, according to you, lots of times. That's true. Um, Was this supposed to be a transition, or are you just <laughs> are you just telling a story? I'm or? just sort of speaking off the dome. I it was a transition because okay, I'm sorry, I did I shouldn't have asked because now it seems like it was a bad one, but it wasn't. It was great. That's okay. Well, you don't have to lie. That's all right. I just was bringing, <laughs> you know, adding a little bit of personal spice into the into the fray here. I feel into like the my, stew. Into the stew. The talking game stew. Ew, no. I honestly feel a little bit, <laughs> my brain still feels a little bit foggy and waxy, so you'll have to forgive me if I'm not on my A game, but I will say something very interesting that is happening going forward is that PlayStation Plus will be offering two-hour trials um, for all games, $34 or more, $34. I was really, yeah, that number was confusing to me. I was like, why is it not 30? Why is it $34? I guess it's 4,000 yen in Japan, so it's more of a oh. well-rounded number, but the direct conversion seems a little bit interesting. Um, but the trial versions have to be at least two hours long. Um, if the game costs less than 34 US dollars, it's not eligible. Um, and... I guess that just means that if you want to try and play a game, now you'll have the ability to do a trial version um, that is two hours long. That's huge. That's really, if this is executed in the way that all these reports are suggesting, that's really, really cool. Because that means every time a new game comes out, you would theoretically be able to just give it a try for two out up to two hours cost well included with the cost of your PlayStation Plus subscription and I just think that's a really cool thing to to do it's very it's it's twofold one it seems very consumer friendly on the one hand and then two it also seems like PlayStation is trying to cover their tushes because they're really bad about refunds so this is kind of like their way of being like well we don't have to refund you if you get to try it uh, are you yeah. excited by this prospect? I guess it's a bit for me. I I also think it's exciting, but I think it is it is a little bit harder for smaller uh, developers because they may not necessarily have the time or the money or the resources to put into making these trial versions of the games. Right. So that was actually a major narrative uh, because after this story broke. There was a follow-up saying that PlayStation was actually going to take care of these trials for the developers. What does that mean? So, so I'm assuming it literally just means PlayStation will introduce updates 
that makes it so you download the whole game and then after you've played 120 minutes it just cuts you off and you have to pay to pay more um but developers have the option to provide like a demo version of their game in lieu of that so like if a developer doesn't have the resources to put together a two-hour trial or anything like that they can just let playstation take care of it or they can make their own trial version or demo version and they can send it to playstation to be put in place of that trial interesting so i'm sure certain developers will do that because like i don't know there's games like I don't know why Sonic Forces comes to mind. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Sonic Forces can be beaten in under two hours. And I remember uh, there was this big discussion because there was a, a popular streamer whose name eludes me, and it's not really relevant. He downloaded, he bought and downloaded Sonic Forces on Steam and then beat it on stream in like one hour and 50 minutes and then returned it on stream. <laughs> And there was a lot of discussion. It's like, well, you played the whole game. Do you really have a right to like return this product? And like legally, yes, he was in with it within his rights. But I feel like games like that, they'll probably that'll be when the developers are like, okay, we should probably make a trial version that's special so people can't just beat the game. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a really cool concept if it's executed well, and hopefully we'll know within like a month when the new PlayStation Plus service rolls out, if that's one of the things that it'll launch with. I think it's, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I don't really see the downside to this at all. That was kind of my only concern. And if, I, if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to have its have a, a workaround, then I, I think that's only good. Uh, I brought up Sonic. You did. Yuji Naka made Sonic. That's true. Yuji Naka also made Balan Wonderworld, a critically esteemed oh. darling. Oh. Oh, yeah, right? Um. Uh, we, uh, define, we didn't have the show, right? Uh, define when that happened? Critically and then define esteemed. Uh, critically as in me and okay. esteemed as in I have never played it and will never play it. Okay. I have we... heard literally only bad things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Battle in Wonderworld was released by Square Enix a couple years back and it was critically panned, despised by most, unfinished, uh, and it was directed by Sonic creator Yuji Naka. He left Sega to work on this Square Enix game, and now he is suing Square Enix on the grounds that he was terminated wrongfully six months before the game launched. After citing to the company that the game was going to be released in an unfinished state and saying that that had to be changed. And in response, Square Enix said, you're fired. <laughs> but they kept his name on all the marketing. He was still touted as the director. So there were some legal proceedings that started, and Yuji Naka said that he wasn't allowed to say anything till now. But now he is public about the fact that he is suing in a in a uh, a lawsuit. I'm not a very good speaker, am I? <laughs> You're doing better than me. <laughs> um, he's filing a lawsuit against Square against Square Enix. So we have to wait and see how this turns out. But this is really not the news I expected to hear. I did not expect to hear that 
yeah, the game was unfinished and rushed out the door. I didn't expect to hear that Square Enix was like almost malicious in their intent with releasing this game unfinished. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been thinking a lot about the law and lawyers lately because I've been watching a lawyer-related television program. No spoilers. I'm way behind you. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't say anything. Well, we'll, say, we'll talk I'll, about Better still... Call Saul when we're not on the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a- a- as far as I know, things like this are really, really hard to prove. Like wrongful termination is really, really difficult to prove. So I wonder if maybe this is a, is some sort of like attempt to settle um just because you know it's bad it's bad press for square enix i mean i don't think truthfully a lot of people are very sympathetic towards yuji naka just because they associate him with this game which is was just like a dumpster fire um, i think that's why he's doing it though right right and i'm sure that he wants to improve his reputation but I think ultimately it will probably end in a settlement just because I'm sure Square Enix would be willing to pay to be like, just hush, hush. I just want to stop talking about this game and stop talking about this that this happened. But I yeah. do think it's interesting. And I, and I do feel like your take on it of, of them being like malicious is it, it's like, it's, it is weird. It's very strange. It's like, if you knew the game wasn't going to be ready and if he's told you, if he supposedly allegedly told you that it wasn't going to be ready, then maybe you should have the oversight to know that, that games like this, when they're released unfinished, um, it just invites a lot of bad press, bad reputation, um, just negative feelings towards what could have been a potential new uh, property. And not that it wasn't a new property, but a new franchise, so to speak. So I think this is very interesting. And I would be surprised if it went to trial. I would be surprised if it continued in this way. Um, But I would not be surprised if they settled with him. It's a really weird story that I'm at least looking forward to talking about more (laughs) whenever we get more news, hopefully in the near future. Yeah. Hopefully. So, well, that was wonderful news. Is there any other great news? Well, there is one big thing happening. (gasps) Uh, Maybe. Maybe big. Um, Xbox announced that they will be having a Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase on June 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, It will be on, you know, YouTube, Twitch, but... Wow. Who knows what they're going to talk about? Xbox and Bethesda. I think we will be seeing Starfield. We better. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of cringed after I year. said that. Just because like, if we didn't, what's happening? I mean, I'm. when I heard this, I got really excited. Because like, let's be realistic. This is the E3 conference that they've had planned for months. And then E3 got canceled. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're still doing it on June 12th. Because they always do it the Sunday of E3 which is always, I think, the second Sunday of June. So, like, this announcement isn't surprising. It's surprising because E3 got canceled and they're still just doing it anyway. But I'm very excited because last year's was killer. I think last year, if you take out the, like, Nintendo bias, last year Xbox was truly dominant at E3. Yeah. 
So Okay, guys. Here's how Dragon Age can still show itself this summer. I'm just kidding. Oh, I thought there was I thought you were gonna like lay out a scenario. I didn't realize you were no, done talking. No, that was the whole thing. Well, it's kind of like you... that joke that you know, not to get political, but it was like, you know, during the election, it was like, here's how Bernie Sanders can still win the nomination, and it was like there was just like no way. It's like all these very <laughs> specific instances that just weren't gonna happen. That's how I feel about Dragon Age, um, showing up this summer. I do think also we'll see it. But not I think this. Dragon Age is as likely to appear at this Xbox game showcase as Bernie Sanders is. <laughs> hey, man, you never know. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm hoping that maybe some other developers like Devolver or Square Enix announce that they also have conferences for this week. And it is just E3 functionally without the title. But yeah, even if so not, too. this Xbox one should definitely keep me entertained. And I will always happily look at everything that Game Pass is adding over the coming year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to show off. Uh, maybe some video games. No. Did you play any this week, Kelly? Nothing I haven't talked about before on this show. So what, Elden Ring, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, uh, <laughs> Stardew? No Stardew. No Stardew. I've been playing, I started a new Mass Effect playthrough because I do this thing in my brain where if a game came out a year ago, I start feeling like I need to play the game again. So Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out like a year ago, next week. Um, so I felt like I wanted to play it again. And I did the same thing with Cyberpunk in December. So That's crazy. That means that we are just about to be at one year of talking games i know can you believe that no legitimately no <laughs> just like regular no <laughs> oh my lord oh uh, my lord i played a couple games this week i figure kelly mm -hmm. we could play a little game here at the beginning oh i played a lot of games okay uh, so we had to take off last week because Kelly was vehemently sick. And due to that, I have been pounding games into the ground, beating Ooh. them like it's nobody's business. Oh, beating sounds bad after what I just said. <laughs> Finishing video games Ooh. at a rapid rate. Pounding? Finishing? Stop. Okay. I've been <laughs> watching the credits of video games after I have played every part of their main campaigns. I don't know, Kelly. Can I please just say the fun game yes. I was going to say? Yes. Kelly, which which game do you want me to review first? You're going to pick the order in which I review things. Oh, wow. I think the, I'd like you to talk about Dying Light 2. No, I was trying to highlight it to tell oh. you not to say that. Everyone <laughs> but that one. I thought you were trying to get me to say that. Okay, okay, okay. I take it back. No, no. That implies that I'm trying to... This isn't even a real game. That implies to the audience that this is not unscripted. This is unscripted. I promise. This audience. is unscripted. We don't... There's nothing. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty clear right now based on our ramblings. <laughs> okay, right, okay, Kelly, okay. You pick the order. Just not that one. Okay. I want you to... <laughs> I want you to uh, tell me your Trek to Yomi review. Trek to Yomi. That's a good start. 
Trek to Yomi released on Thursday of last week, May 5th. May the 5th be with you. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> it is a new game published by Devolver Digital, heavily inspired by old black and white samurai movies made by Akira Kurosawa. We've talked about it a couple times on the show as we've seen some trailers, and I've been very excited for this independently made game. So, I played it and I finished it. The visual style is top-notch. Their commitment to this visual style is really admirable, and they do a good job of making the graphics look more realistic because of the black and white and kind of fuzzy uh, visual overlay. The music is really great. It elevates the feel and the theme of the game a lot. The combat is very fun for a lot of the game. However, it gets stale by the end. There were a couple combos that worked definitively better than most, and they also recovered my lost health. Um, so, like, being slow and using the blocking mechanic became obsolete, which is disappointing because the parrying was really fun. Um, but why wouldn't I use the thing that always kills enemies and gives me health back that I've lost? Uh, so fights in the last third of the game feel less like a challenge and more like they're kind of impeding on my progression of the story. It was really disappointing in that sense. The story is intriguing and it's kind of hard to talk about because I can't say anything without spoiling it because I really expected it to go one way based on all the trailers. And honestly, that probably would have made it kind of disinteresting, like something I've seen or played before. But it goes a direction I really didn't expect. And that's all I can say. So if you're interested, you'll have to play it yourself. Uh, one major complaint is that the subtitles are itty bitty teeny tiny, which is bad because it is in Japanese and there's a lot of important dialogue that is spoken during gameplay. Uh, and I really don't know how they can expect me to read these itty bitty teeny tiny little words on my screen during exploration and especially during combat and I don't like games that don't let me control subtitle size because I am addicted to subtitles now um, and I want them big so I can read them while I am looking at other stuff uh, but speaking of the Japanese the voice acting is fantastic it is really authentic to that kind of 60s Kurosawa feel and I think all of the actors absolutely nailed their performances and I was super happy with it I think the five-hour length of the game kind of ended up feeling a little bloated, and maybe like three to four hours for the main story would have been a little better. That's mostly due to my complaints with the combat losing its luster in the last chunk. But despite those hesitations with the, the length, combat, and subtitles, I do highly recommend this game. It is unique, and it's likely not like anything else you've played, or at least not like much else that you've played. And that's a theme this week, as you will hear. A lot of unique products, and that's exciting. It's only 20 bucks, and if you have Game Pass, it is free. So it is not a massive financial investment, and I really do recommend looking into it if it sounds interesting. Callie. Yes? One down. Pick my next review. Oh, I was actually going to say I'm watching a video of Trek to Yomi right now. Uh-huh. The... The combat looks a little bit stuttery to me, but maybe that's just the video. It's it's good in the first chunk. I, it is a little stuttery, I guess, but it feels better to play than to watch. Um, 
it reminds me almost of like a, a dumbed down fighting game in like the way combos work and parrying works. Yeah. Okay, my next game for you to review that I would like to hear your thoughts on uh-huh. is Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise. Okay, so that's going to be really hard because this game, quite simply, is fictional. This is not a real product. And I'm sorry for those who were excited to hear the impressions of this game because uh, this game doesn't exist. This game does not exist. And I'm sorry if you were looking forward to hearing the impressions of a real video game. (laughs) In actuality, uh, this is one of the weirdest games I've played in my life. The writing was so peculiar and so inhuman, so random and confusing that it simply has to be the first thing I mention. It is hysterical. I was laughing out loud, louder than I've laughed at maybe any game I've ever played <laughs> that has tried to be funny. Uh, I understood the story in broad strokes, but since it was written in such a peculiar and unfollowable way, I did not understand the finer details. The plot itself was quite simple, but but what they were trying to explain to me with the deeper lore was just lost in the peculiarity. The combat is very fun. Uh, it's really fun to play with and master some of the mechanics that they designed. It's super fast pace, and uh, once you've played a couple chapters, it becomes a lot easier to follow because it's kind of just visual noise for a little bit once while you're learning what's going on. I played the game on easy mode. Uh, I ignored all of the side content, basically, um, and I breezed through most of the game, barring a couple bosses that I was notably underleveled for. Uh, the class system is really, really cool. So you actually do not have any character levels, which is unusual for a Final Fantasy. Uh, Instead, each class has its own levels and skill trees. So at the end of each skill tree, you can actually unlock even more advanced classes. And it's a really fun system to explore and experiment with. And all the classes offer different weapons, different abilities, and different options in combat. And I just thought it was a really cool thing to explore and learn about. The music's really great. There are a lot of tracks that are uh, referential to old Final Fantasy games because this game has areas from many old Final Fantasy games. Um, And also all of the new tracks that they wrote are fantastic as well. The visuals... um, The visuals... So... uh, The visuals are something that I am able to see. Is that clear? Did that help? How do you, how do you see them? With, uh, with, with what my, with what tools? My eyes. Does that help? Do you understand what I'm trying to say about the visuals of this game? Yes. Okay. Maybe I should break it down. <laughs> uh, the character designs of this game are adequate, uh, but with the way the equipment system works, your characters look completely different. This is not an exaggeration. Every 15 minutes. <laughs> You go into the menus and you have like a equipment section. And if you press the touchpad or the similar button on whatever console you're playing on, it will automatically equip 
the most optimized gear to your character. And there's a lot, and it all looks drastically different. So every time I go in there, because they're throwing loot at you like it's nobody's business, every enemy you kill drops like seven pieces of loot that you can put on. Um, you were literally looking different, completely different, every few minutes, and it's hilarious. It is so funny, and there's more than one fedora in the game. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, the uh, weapon and equipment designs are very insane, and I think that makes it a lot of fun. It goes in tandem with the constant change. The world design is uh, inconsistent, but the design and art direction is nice for the majority of the game. Uh, there are a handful of missions where the palette becomes really, really drab. I think the demo area when they first showed this game was the worst offender, which is a shame because that's what a lot of people took in as their initial impressions very gray and ugly the graphics are bad the graphics are bad the textures are muddy there is consistent artifacting and strange ugliness there's like this weird cloudiness behind characters that i don't know what to call it but it happens quite regularly uh the resolution is iffy at best the performance is generally pretty stable on ps5 but it even struggled occasionally the character models are the one part of the game that feels like it was made for last generation, like PlayStation 4. Everything else feels like it was an upgraded PlayStation 3 game. Um, it's very unimpressive, uh, which does not say that it's ugly all the time because the art design and the direction that they took is pretty nice, but the graphics are bad. There's no arguing that. Uh, but I had a great time with this game. It might be because I had absurdly low expectations, but this game was a good time. It was weird. The combat was engaging, and the leveling the leveling system was really incredible, genuinely. Uh, the writing was actually hilarious. It was funnier than almost every game I've ever played that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> so even if it was by accident, oh well. It helped me enjoy the game a lot. I would not recommend paying full price for this game but i'm assuming it'll drop in price pretty quickly here uh so i would recommend it at like a steep discount maybe like a third of the original retail price or maybe go try to find it at a library or rent it from your local family video i'm sure those exist somewhere still blockbuster uh, wait, are there game. still family videos i don't uh the one near me closed okay both of the ones near me closed last year i think so maybe they're gone I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. That's quite sad. There's, there's probably still a few out there, like a few stragglers. Uh, but I do recommend giving this game a try. It is, again, one of the strangest products I've played in my life. And that is something unique. That is something I can't say every day. And these days I've played so many games that it's fun to play something different, you know? There yeah. are things that are critically easy to say, this is a great game, but I end up feeling a touch bored. Oh which maybe serves as a good transition into my next game review. Oh, I don't get to pick anymore? No, you can pick after that. Okay, go ahead. Horizon Forbidden West. As teased last episode, I came back to this game and I finished it. Right off the bat, the graphics of this game are absolutely incredible. There are certain characters that are just real people. I'm convinced they just somehow implanted real human beings in because they look profoundly real. Uh, and a lot of the effects that they have are really cool and use the the PlayStation 5 very well. The performance is very solid. 
Uh, I do wish that the 60 FPS mode didn't have so many graphical compromises because I would have preferred to play it that way. But the 30 FPS mode is still pretty nice. I uh, typed zero frames per second in the sheet, and Kelly's being very cheeky about changing that to 60. <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit confused when I read that. Me I too, said, and I wrote zero it. zero FPS mode? <laughs> zero FPS mode is turning the TV off and being like, this game sucks. <laughs> uh, the cutscenes of this game are really well directed and engaging. It is a huge step up from the first game. It resolved maybe my biggest problem with that original game because so many cutscenes were just stagnant over the shoulder back and forth conversations whereas this game has a lot of motion and interesting stuff going on the vocal performances are fantastic across the board clearly a very high budget game with a lot of interesting and great voice talent the writing is pretty good there's nothing wild here uh Aloy's stoic independence it comes across very good, but it also means that the character interactions kind of have this limited depth because if she's talking to a character, yes, they did a great job of writing her stoic, but that means she's also not having a very interesting or deep conversation with most of the characters. The combat is fun, but it can definitely become repetitive at a point. Uh, the open world tasks kind of feel a little hollow to me. They're hard. It doesn't keep me invested. I do think that the side quests, the main side quests do have a good amount of depth though so it's not all boring stuff uh the open world itself is a bit restrictive in how you get around it for the majority of the game though uh it's a massive improvement over the first game which i found deeply flawed but still pretty far behind some of the better open worlds that we have it feels like it really doesn't want you to climb very many things and when you put me in an open world with a bunch of mountains and stuff I want to climb them, please. Ain't no um, mountain high enough. Exactly. Aloy can climb it all. But she can't. The game says she's not allowed. <laughs> and also the glider's way too heavy. Like when you pull the glider out, you fall really quickly. And I didn't want them to like copy Breath of the Wild one-to-one, -one, but Aloy's not that much heavier than Link, is she? I, I don't imagine. So some things are worth copying one-to-one. -one. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been, of all things, I wish they did that. I think the monster designs are cool, but this has always been a problem with this franchise for me. They're just not, they're not for me. I think they're overly complicated, and it's kind of hard to appreciate because it's just like thousands of metal pieces, and I don't think it's supremely interesting. But there are some late game enemies that are a lot different than the standard fare that we're used to, and I like them a lot more. Not a lot of enemies in that late game, though, so it's only a couple little things. I think the story was okay. Uh, it was directed and paced in a way that kept me invested enough to see it through at the very least. Um, but the story also ended up being my least favorite part because the ending of this game was very, very bad. I don't think that setting up a sequel is a bad thing inherently, but however, but however, that's how serious I am. I needed to say however twice. Doing so in lieu of a satisfying ending is just frustrating. This game ends without solving the major crisis because it was more focused on setting up the next game in the series. And I, I think it's normal for the, your last bit of experience with the game to kind of be the thing that sticks with you more than most. 
of your memories and this kind of ruined it in that sense because this will probably be the thing I remember the longest is that horrible ending. Uh, but do take note, I did enjoy this game overall on a surface level at the very least. I think it's a decent improvement over the first game because um, I didn't like the first game very much at all. And this is, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. And if you love open world games like this, if you love your Assassin Creed, Assassin's Creed games, if you loved Ghost of Tsushima and you need more, um, this is your gonna this is gonna be your kind of game. Uh, but if you weren't a big fan of the first, and especially, and I cannot emphasize this recommendation enough, if you are just finishing up Elden Ring, do not play this game. If you just finished Elden Ring, do not play Horizon for a while because that was the biggest hurdle was getting over the incredible combat and world design of Horizon. I'm sorry. I just accidentally complimented the game. I'm trying to be a little <laughs> bit rude to after coming off the incredible world design and combat of Elden Ring Horizon really, really felt like it was falling short and just doing a lesser version of the incredible game that came out just a couple months ago, one week after Horizon. I am disappointed. <laughs> I was really hoping this game would kind of pull through. But, you know, it wasn't bad. I liked it more than the first game, which is at least a positive. So, all right, Kelly, it's your turn again. Pick, pick. You got two other games to pick from here. Okay. I think I want you to talk about your thoughts on uh, uh, Kena? Kena? Kena. Kena. Yeah. This one's going to be quick. I have talked briefly about this on the show before because I had started it and I decided after finishing a bunch of games that it was time to get back into it uh, because, oh my God, the, the cutscenes in this game are beyond stunning and the visual design is fantastic. However, I found the combat pretty iffy and the gameplay loop just, it wasn't clicking for me. I ended up bouncing off this game and I was like, in a, I was in a mindset where I was like, all right, I got to play like a couple more hours and see if maybe it's going to turn around or even just like allow me to develop more more thoughts for the podcast because I want to review it more, more in depth than just saying not for me. Uh, however, I got soft locked. Um, I was exploring and I was like, huh, that looks like a fun rock to jump on. And I jumped on it and then Kana landed on it. And I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And I could not get off that rock. It, and I died and it put me back on that rock. And then I died and it put me back on that rock. And I was not allowed to leave that rock. So I felt like that was the universe saying, <laughs> you should probably stop playing this now. So I'm sorry if you were excited to hear more Kana imp impressions, but that's going to be it for me. I have decided I'm done with this one. That's sad. It's always hard when it's like you kind of are like, oh, maybe I'll enjoy this game. And then you start it and you're like, that's crazy. I hate this game. Yeah. And I didn't want to like be mad, but like it literally locked me on a rock and I like reloaded and it was I was still on the rock. And I was like, I'm not going to replay a section of the game. Yeah. To get back to this point. And you know what? So I just That was no what? rock lobster. No, that lobster wasn't. That rock lob, that soft, that lob, soft, soft lobster. Yes, soft lock lobster, soft lobster. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta say that three times fast. Soft lock lobster, soft lock lobster, soft lock lobster. <laughs> soft lock lobster, soft lock lobster, soft lock lobster. Oh, oh no! 
I'm usually pretty good at those. I feel like we've done those a lot on the show and it's worked pretty good for me, but I just proved that I am an imperfect person. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. I got two more. You're not allowed to pick the order, but do you want to pretend you're allowed to pick the order? Two more. Sure. I thought, okay. I have a blue one and a red one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You skipped the first one. I know. Well, you know what? Why don't you make your choice if you want to end on a good note or on a bad note? I want to end on a bad note. That's way more interesting. (laughs) Okay. Then why don't you tell me all about Transistor? Transistor. It is a game from Supergiant Games, the creators of Hades. I had never played this game. It came out several years ago, and I had it on my Switch for a long time. I bought it for $1.99, like two years ago, and then just never played it. But recently I was sitting on my Switch and handheld, and I had about three hours to play, and I was like, hmm, I bet I could get through a chunk of Transistor. Little did I know I was going to be playing the whole thing. Um, But it was very interesting to go back to an older Supergiant game, because I've only played Hades, and I've played many, many, many hours, like dozens of hours of Hades so I didn't know how I would feel going back to this older game I think the visuals were very nice it is very similar to Hades so that's going to be a lot of this review is similar to Hades but older the art direction was super incredible though so different from that and really really inspired and beautiful I think the music and the voice acting were fantastic you are consistently talked to by your companion who is in a sword And he has a lot of interesting things to say and is voiced very, very well. There's also some voice actors that are the same as Hades. And I'm sorry to mention again, but I just really like hearing Thanatos from Hades talk to me, even if it's not Thanatos. Yes. Uh, The combat is pretty deep, and I really thought it was interesting. However, the length of the game means that truly exploring it is pretty difficult. I think there's this mechanic where you can freeze time and move around and use a certain number of attacks. And then when you unfreeze, you do all of those things very rapidly. And I think it was a very interesting mechanic. But because I only had three hours with the game before the credits rolled, I really wasn't able to explore it very well. And the game didn't present a lot of reasons to want to replay it. So I hope that whatever Supergiant has in the works in the future, maybe they could bring this mechanic back or perhaps a sequel to this game. I think the story was intriguing, uh, but understanding what was going on was a little challenging. I can't very well explain the lore of this game to you because it was only three hours long and there was a lot of information they were loading onto me, but I still was able to enjoy it because the characters themselves were so interesting. Uh, this game is often on sale. As I said, I got this for a $1.99 on Switch. So if you like Hades and you want to see more of what Supergiant's done in the past, I really do recommend it. I mean, for $2, like, $2, come on. Do I even need to review a game that costs $2? Two like, hairs. Exactly. It's just, per- it's like, it's $2. If you're disappointed, oh, well, there goes half of your one Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Whoa, they are not sponsoring us. You cannot name drop them like that. Sorry, I meant to say one of your unnamed coffee establishment coffees. If we could get a Duncan sponsorship, it would be over. Talking Games runs on Duncan. It. We joke, but 
It kind of does for me. At least. I would love to be drinking Duncan that was sponsored while we're ta- <laughs> while we're talking about games. That would be pretty amazing. Um, Kelly, I played one more game this week. I feel like yes. I played too many games. Too many games this week. Sorry, you, everybody. You kind of went crazy. You went ham. You know what that means? That I went crazy. Do you want to know what it means, though? It yeah. stands for something. It Hard. does? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Hard as a... I can't say it on this show. Rock. Lobster. Wait, no, I don't actually know what it means. Hard as a... Here, you can cut this out. Or no, it. just wait, type it in the sheet and then I'll laugh and then everybody's going to be like, oh, what's it mean? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Don't look that up, audience. It's obscene. I didn't know that. Well, maybe it's not, but it is. It's, it <laughs> is for me now. <laughs> I will forever remember that and I won't say going ham ever again. No. Well, uh, do you want to withhold the illusion that you have choice here, even though there's one thing left and <laughs> pick what review I do next? Me not having a choice? What is this? The United Mass States Effect of America? Freeze ending. Oh, sorry. We went two um, different directions there. Yeah. Um, yours was extremely topical and mine was extremely not. <laughs> Should, I guess we could. I support women's rights. Why don't you? <laughs> I support women's wrongs. Why don't you tell me about? <laughs> I was trying to like support our audience and make it clear <laughs> of our you know political affiliation, even though we don't have one. And you're sitting here like I I I like it when people go nuts, and I don't. I'm gonna review another video game. Which one should I do, Kelly? I like it when people go ham. Okay, I want you to tell me your <laughs> thoughts on Dying Light Two. I rented Dying Light Two for the PlayStation Five for my local library. Brand new, exciting, big game. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Uh, what? Me, 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 oh, oh, we're so- sorry. We're still doing a podcast. Sorry, I'm just so bored by Dying Light too. Um, so I was on a roll this week, Kelly, as we just talked about, of enjoying games that were kind of critically middling. Trek to Yomi, Strangers of Paradise. Both games that were not extremely critically well received. Uh, and I was kind of hoping that that, that streak was going to keep going and that I was going to keep enjoying games that weren't super well received. Uh, this game did a really good job of boring me to tears and making sure that that trend died aggressively. I didn't play a lot of this game, so take that as you will. If it's a game you're super interested in, maybe you loved the first game, ignore my opinions. Please ignore my opinions and enjoy what you like. Uh, But I thought that the combat felt very bad and clunky and hits don't land as they should. And it feels sort of like you're just swinging at air and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, The movement is fine, but it's not as snappy or consistent as I would have hoped. And that's disappointing because I, when we were seeing footage of this game last year, I remember saying some suggestive things about how excited I was to try out these movement mechanics. Do you remember my word choice? No. I said I was sultry for good movement mechanics. Oh. When you Call said back. suggestive, that's how I should have known. Yeah. But, alas, I was left disappointed by the movement mechanics, Dang. which is disappointing after sultriness. 
Uh, <laughs> the graphics were nice. They were fine. But none of the visual and choice visual choices of the game felt particularly unique or inspired. Really nothing about this game felt particularly <laughs> unique or inspired. Uh, there was a cutscene where they were it was just had a song from The Last of Us. Not actually, but it was like the trembling guitar sound. You know? Oh. Like Last of Us's trademark, like this is emotional be sad sound. Yeah. And it just did that in a part that was supposed to be sad, and I was like, I don't know these people. Why am I sad? Like, instantly toss me into tragedy and expect me to be sad? No. No. Unless one of these people's voiced by Troy Baker, like, I probably, it's not probably not going to work. Uh, So I will, I will not um, be playing more of this game. So sorry, everybody who is excited to hear my long-term Dying Light 2 impressions. <laughs> I, was that you, Kelly? Were you excited to hear more? I was sultry to hear more. Mm, no <laughs> no we're good what? i think what? we were approaching the end of the show but i feel like we need to now speed up our conclusion to the show it's because that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh kelly next week we'll be back with some news this is episode 46 we're only a couple episodes away from our 50th episode Wow. We're only a couple episodes away from our one year anniversary. Wow. What are we what's even gonna happen, everybody? You'll just have to keep tuning in and find out. We're just gonna fight we're gonna fist fight each other. Um I don't remember agreeing oh, to that. Well, you told well, you signed this sheet of paper that said that we can fist fight whenever I wanted, so I that sounds familiar. Did we make that joke on an episode? Maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't have any new jokes. Everything I say is recycled within as eleven months. Okay. Well that's it's been eleven months since we started the show, so that makes sense. Well, and there so you go. The next fifty episodes are just gonna be the same exact first fifty, but hopefully it's been eleven months so you forgot what Kelly said, so it's still funny. Yeah. Cause it was that's... funny the first time. <laughs> It was hysterical. Like, oh, are you okay? That are you okay? No. That sounded pain. I'm like having issue. I'm like my cough. I'm my brain hurts. Anyway, are you? <laughs> well, maybe you should take a week to rest. So when we come back, it's maybe a, an you should take of... a week to rest. Do you ever think about that? I probably should. I played too many games the past two weeks. That's true. Next week, I'm gonna have to play a bunch of games, and then. To like make up for it, just get you know Game me, Pass and a. You love new games. I love and not, playing new games. You do just not, not every day when you could be playing Mass Effect. Sometimes. That's, I just don't understand why anybody. Plays new games. Be playing Mass Effect all the time. Okay, sorry. Oh. Just get Game Pass and a local library that has way too many games available to you, so you end up playing an obscene quantity of games wow and then you'll turn into me which sounds like a good thing right wouldn't what wouldn't why wouldn't you want to be me yes i look intelligent yes. i sound intelligent yes nobody can see my face right now so they have to think that i look intelligent you do not at this present moment look like a who from whoville 
I am not holding my nose into the air like either a who from Whoville or somebody trying to make their nose look like a pig's nose. Oink. 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 Did we do the same thing? <laughs> I don't like when we make the same jokes. Well, when you when you speak with someone every week for like almost two hours. Yeah. The brains start to align. Yeah, for a year. <laughs> we've, we're, we're too. Said, I think we said, might have. You sounded so disappointed when you said that. Yeah, for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have to cancel the show as we hit the year mark because it's just like we're we're just becoming the same person and we're gonna have the same jokes and same thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, Kelly. It's getting into the warm season, which means my recording closet gets really hot by the end of these sessions. So just so the audience knows, I am always sweaty at the end of an episode of Talking Games in the summer months. Just so you guys know. I probably shouldn't have told information that. For you guys. Sorry. Also, okay, so this is real. This is good. This is information about video games. So I record in a closet, as I say regularly, because it's hilarious. That's just funny. Um, this closet is heavily soundproofed and recently my partner moved into my apartment and we had to make space and I was like, oh no, I have an extra television that I don't really use. So I put the 50 inch Samsung 4k television into my recording closet directly in front of me right now. And I also moved in my Nintendo switch home console dock. And also my Xbox One X. And also I put some Christmas lights behind the television. And my partner and I have been using it. Uh, we've been rotating who's using it for video gaming. Because, oh my god, the acoustics in here are amazing. Because, you know, soundproofing tiny room. Perfect combination. Uh, we call it the gamer hole. But... Uh, <laughs> so, <my laughs> so now... This is the recording closet, the talking games recording closet slash the gamer hole. The gamer hole. So lots of video games get played. So I play games in the same room that I review them now. That's Isn't crazy. Isn't that crazy? You know what they say? Partners who game together slay together. Yeah. So we don't play games together, okay. actually. I know, but. Uh, they play like Stardew in my closet while I go downstairs and play Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Okay, but you're still both gaming at the same time. Yes. However, one of us gets the gamer hole and the other gets the <laughs> living room with the cat. It's like um it's it's like never mind. Stockholm syndrome? Sure. Well, put me in this closet you that said makes it. me Not hot me. and sweaty every day and then I slowly start to love it. <laughs> I don't love how it it's gets like, warm in the summer. It's that's like, for sure. It's like a a sauna. It's like a it's like when you work out and then you go to the gym and then well you go to the gym and then you work out at the gym and then you are like done at the gym so you go in the sauna and you sweat it all out. Yeah, that's then, me. I should work out before the show. Yeah, I mean if you want to, I'm not gonna. Tell I you could play to Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo Switch Home Console, so it's also relevant. That's true. Or you could play Just Dance 2022. <gasps> they have that at my library. Switch. Should I go get it? If you want. It's I have on it PS5, on my though. How do you play that? On PS5? Yeah, how do you... Do they just trust that you're doing the moves? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, with the Switch, you have you obviously have the Joy-Cons, but I don't know. 
that PS5 controller is too hefty. You couldn't. Well, I think you have hefty. to get the. Oh wait, you have to get the camera probably. Ugh. That's bad. Just trust me. You can do. There's trust. a mode. There's a mode that you can do where it's like not motion to. You just dance along with them. The trust me mode. Trust me, bro. <laughs> I'm dancing. Okay. <laughs> you don't need to check. I'm always dancing. Give me an S plus rank. I'm doing great. Trust me. While you sit with Cheetos and just watch dance instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Sure does. Anyway, we'll be back next week. I'll be in the gamer hole. Kelly will be in the very regular room that doesn't have a weird name. Yet. Yet. What are we going to do to make your room strange? I think that it was once Peter the Ghost's room. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you know what we could do? What? We could get a bunch of little TVs and mount them to the wall behind your head. Okay. And then we could have, like, we could, every time we read a news story, like, every single news story, we go, like, beep, 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 okay. And then you're, like, breaking news, and then all of the TVs behind you change to a breaking news story. You know, like, right behind you? Yes. Okay. I'm in. I can't point because it's your screen, like, right there. That, yes, perfect. Yep. Um, and then, and then, you know, even though they can't see you, I feel like the TVs behind you would really add to the vibe, and people would understand what you were going for. Yeah. I'm liking this. Do you like this we're, idea? I'm in. I'm all okay. in. Okay. Are you willing to buy all of the one thousand dollar thirty two inch monitors? Because we'll need at least like twenty. Are you good to buy those? Yeah, I'll use the Patreon money and then write it off as a business expense. Okay, so we just need twenty thousand dollars of Patreon money. <laughs> And then we will mount all the televisions, but we will not invest in a webcam so that everybody can see it because that would be absurd. Yeah, that's too much money. We also have to get that bed out of the room. No more bed. No more bed. Get rid of it. That's the only thing that absorbs sound in this room, except it's a carpet room. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the carpet probably does more. And my cat probably absorbs some sound. She's very fluffy. (laughs) I don't remember. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.